0: we we'll go to the scripture. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. Amen. Amen. That's I right. turn away. Amen. Please be seated. The message I have for you this morning is very important. It's very important to me is at the core of Christianity. Very, very important. And uh, I titled this message, Hold Fast. Hold Fast. Hold Fast. Now, in uh, Revelation 3 verse 11, Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. I come quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown now your crown you have a crown that's waiting for you that God wants to give to you but God says there's someone not your wife nor your husband, or what you call your enemy. the, The true enemy, the devil. And the demons, they want to take your crown. So God has a crown for you. Now, when we talk about crowns, we're thinking, a crown when I get to heaven. No, there are a lot of crowns that God has for us here on earth. Victories. Victories in our lives. As we live our Christian life here, God rewards us, not only when we get there, but also here on earth. He rewards you here. That's a crown. That's a token of the crown that you will be getting when you get up there. It's a huge crown up there, but he rewards you here because you're doing his work. Jesus said, hold fast what you have. That says, if you're a Christian, God has given you something to hold on to. So you always will get your crown. You want to hold that very fast. Today, I want to talk to you about one of the most important, in my mind, subject in the Christian faith. Which we all know, and, and, and that has to do with your Confession. Your confession. You know, whenever you mention the word confession to Christians, what they immediately start thinking about the confession of sins. But the Bible says a lot more about confession than just the confession of sins. It's very important. The most powerful member of your body, according to God, not man, the most Powerful, powerful member of your body. is your tongue. Your tongue. That's according to God. What comes out of your mouth is a testimony to what you know and believe. And you know what the scripture says. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by what? The word of your testimony, the most powerful tool you have in your body, in your life, your tongue. And so I want to talk to you about that. And then I want to go on to talk to you about door confessions that we have and how we must fight strongly to have one confession. A double minded person is unstable in all his way, and the Bible says, Let not that man think. We are double minded by the things we say. We have dual confessions. And so we must work very hard to have one confession. When you look at the when you look at the life of Jesus, he had a single confession. Even if you're going to take his life, he's still saying exactly what he was saying. Even when you're mad, he's still saying what's making you mad. He won't quit. He had one confession. So we're going to be talking about that. So the most powerful member of your human body is your tongue. And the Bible tells us this in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. That means every time you speak, you are planting. Hello? Because he talks about fruit. You eat the fruit. Every time you utter something, you are sowing. And you are going to reap. If you keep sowing the same thing by speaking the same thing, whether it's a positive thing based on the Word of God, or something that you got through your sense knowledge that contradicts the Word of God, if you keep saying the same thing, that what you're doing is watering the seeds you've sown, and you are going to reap. You will reap, according to the Word of God. Life and death are... Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In other words, your tongue has the power to destroy you. Your tongue has the power also to make you, depending on what you choose to speak. Now, let me take you to another scripture that emphasizes this. Again, we have to understand the real battle is to learn how to speak. What to say. James chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, For we all stumble in many things. We stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, in the word you speak, he is a perfect man. So if you want to be perfect, you want to be perfect before God, watch what you say what you say matters and it says he's he's a perfect man able also to bridle the whole body meaning your body responds to what you say if you don't if you have no control as to what you want to come out from you it's you know wanting to come out but it's not a good word but you want to say it if you stay with that that thing will take over your life. You won't have control. But if you are able to control what comes out of your mouth, don't say everything that you feel. Hello? It's good to feel, but don't say it. Because if you continually say the things you feel, that means you don't have control over what comes out of your mouth. And you can control your body. Paul Yonge Cho wrote a book. It's called uh, The Fourth Dimension. And he said, doctors have told him that uh, the speech center of the brain has power over the whole body. And so, if you begin to say, I think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to die. How many of you remember the guy who was always saying, this is the big one. And for the son. It's always going, This is the big one. I'm coming to meet you, Elizabeth. You've seen that you've seen that? Angela and I were watching that. This is the the big one. Guess what? I mean, it's not a joke. You can't continually say that. He said it so many times. He died on the set. From the big one. he was having a big one, and nobody knew. Is is, is this a joke? Is he still acting? No, he's not acting. I mean, you think you're acting. If it's coming out of your mouth, uh, no, he's not acting. It's affecting your whole life. That's why Jesus said every idle word that a man will speak, he'll give account of it on the day of judgment. Because your words are affecting your whole life. Your finances, your family, your children, everything, your words. Your words are very important. Let me say this. Your tongue is tied to whether you go to heaven or to hell. And I'm gonna show you that from the scriptures. Some of us haven't used our tongue rightly. Maybe you'll do that today. You use your tongue. And if you're not if you haven't made The right confession, which I'm coming to. If you haven't made the right confession, maybe this morning, you can make the right confession and say it like you really mean it. And I guarantee you, if you meant it, your name will be written right in the book of life. you go to heaven. If you die today, you'll be right up there. If you say it the right way. You see, God has a way of telling us about the power of the tongue. How important it is. From the very beginning, when God created the world, you know, he started telling us about the power of the tongue and what you say from your mouth. How did God create the world? Everything that you see, how did God do it? By speaking. And we were what? Made in his image. You're still in his image. And what you say will affect your life. And God said, and God said, in a, in a, you know, for most of us, you know if you know english well and you say uh, god said made all the world uh you put it in one god spoke everything into being that's three, colon one the earth right two god doesn't do it that way he says and god said and then god looked and everything that he said came to pass And God said it was good. And then the second day, and God said. What is He trying to do? He's trying to let you know what you say is very important. What what comes out of your mouth is very important. And going to heaven or going to hell is tied to what comes out of your mouth. Let me let you know this. Just believing is not good enough. It's what you say from your mouth that will really bring heaven into your heart. To bring about the change. Let me read this from Romans chapter 10 beginning from verse 8. He says, but what does it say? What does it say? The word that's talking about how to get saved. How to be a Christian. How to get God into your heart. How to be so close to God. How to have heaven in your life. What does it say? What do I do? He says, the word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if, that's conditional, if you, anybody, I don't care who he is, if anybody will confess with his mouth, not my mouth, your mouth, if you will confess, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, ...that God has raised him from the dead... ...you will be saved. Notice he never said anything about confession of sin. Hello? Nothing was said about confession of sin. When we hear the word confession... ...we immediately think, okay, let's confess sin. Nothing is said about confession of sin there. It's what you believe in your heart... ...and confessing that Jesus is now your Lord... That's what brings you salvation. But notice, you will never go there until you have believed that Jesus died for your sins. Okay? And that he is the savior. Now you have to receive him. You can confess your sin, But really, to make it work in your life, it has to come out of your mouth. You know what Jesus said? I believe it's Matthew 10, verse 32. He says, if you confess me before men... I will confess you before my father and before his angels. And believe me, at the same time you're confessing him before men that he is your savior, at the same time he's saying, angels, oh, your look, that's my child there, that's my son, that's my son over there. And they know you from that day on. So when I go out and I'm preaching crusades, you have these people, they come up to receive Christ. They pray to receive Christ. And after they've prayed, I tell them, now turn around. And start telling everybody, Jesus is now my Lord. And they start slowly. But you can see the excitement after a while. They are shaking each other's hand. He is my savior. And he gets into your heart. When it comes out from your mouth, it takes hold of your heart and have control over your life. So why don't we all stand up now and practice? Okay? <laughs> stand up with me. Today we're gonna practice that. If you're not sure that you are a believer. Today, you can be sure. Betty's good to have you back. She came to church. <laughs> she arrived this morning, she got here. So now we're going to make our confession. Notice that's what God said. Can God lie? No. Do you all believe today that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes. Is there anybody here today that doesn't believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Thanks for the silence. <laughs> Now, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the only thing left to do is to confess Him as your Savior. That's what He says. He tells us this. He says, for with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, you believe unto righteousness. But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, it not only works for salvation... It works for everything in Christianity. And I'm coming to that. So you will understand. It's very important. So this morning, let's make our confession of Jesus as Lord. Amen? Amen. Say it with me. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus, the Son of God, died for my sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. I believe and confess with my mouth that Jesus, the Son of God, is now, is now my Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, let's give, give yourself a clap often. Now, what I want you to do, we're not taking chances. Turn to your neighbor, the one standing by you, and tell them, Jesus is my Lord. Do that. Do that. Now, it seems foolish. Yes, it's important. And yes, Jesus is my Lord. Okay? Yes, he is. He is. He is. He is. Now, listen. Now, listen. It seems foolish. But that's what God said. He takes the foolish things of the earth. To confound the wise. When they think they know. It says they became fools. But those are the things that we need. Don't make it too complicated. He already paid the price. Amen. Our turn is to receive. And he'll transform our lives. If you believe this today. The more you tell people. That Jesus is your Lord. The more habits. Bad habits. Evil things. They just said, we don't think we can walk here anymore. We're leaving this fellow. He's crazy. Please be (laughs) serious. Amen. That's how it works. It changes you because you are telling people. When you say to people, you are taken captive by the words of your mouth. Proverbs 6, verse 2. You are taken captive by the words of your mouth. So once you say those words, Jesus is now my Lord, guess what? He takes over your heart. And then your heart begins to respond to it. Your heart begins to respond to it. That's why it is, in my mind, those that preach the gospel a lot, from a sincere heart, they appear to be more powerful and more certain. Why? Because they are always speaking. What they believe. Amen. So that's the important thing. We've now made Jesus our Lord. Notice what the scripture says. Your tongue will control your life and your future. Your tongue will control your life and your future. Your life, how you live your life, what comes to you, your portion in life. It's controlled by the words that come out of your mouth. Let me give you this. You know, you can have a child, and he's saying from the time he was little, I think when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. Have you heard about stories like that? They keep saying it, and everything about their body and their life line up towards this one thing. And you're thinking, he's so determined. No, he's been saying it. And that thing is taken in captive. He will not be fulfilled Until those words are fulfilled in his life. You eat the fruit of your lips. And because he's saying it. And he means it. He believes it. God will give him everything that he needs. To accomplish that. That's the way it works. That's the way God created the world. That's the way he created the world. He says you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Proverbs two uh, six verse two. So these are scriptures, this came from the word of God. So we need to learn how to speak and how not to speak. Because these things are very important. You can think it, but don't give birth to it. You have all this fierce stuff coming into your heart and all these feelings that the enemies Put it in your heart. He's pressuring you to say it. And once you say it, it takes over. And sometimes people will suggest it to you. And then you say it. And once it comes out of your mouth. I've, I've heard of stories like, you know, you walk into your office. And somebody walks up to you and say, what's the matter with you today? You don't look well. You you wouldn't feel in that way. And you walk around the corner and some other person looks at you and says, Are you okay? Guess what your mind is thinking? Well, maybe something is wrong. You're still okay. But before long, you're saying, I think I'll go home. (laughs) You've believed it. We preach the gospel so you can believe, right? But once it comes out of your mind, you're taken. That's what the scripture tells us. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So the word of God wants you to hold fast to your confession. Christianity, I'm going to show you this scripture. Christianity is really the great confession. Your Christian life is all confession. And I'm going to show you from the scriptures. So you understand why I said this is a very important matter in Christianity. The Christians that are going around sharing with people a lot about Christ, you watch out for them. Those Christians that are sharing Christ with people, sharing and speaking, inviting people, you see what God's going to do in their lives. It all matters what's coming out of their mouth. Christianity, I call it the great confession. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. It says, See, then, that we have a great confession. High priest. Who is the high priest? What is the high, his high priest over what our Christian faith, right? He is our high priest in heaven. It says, "Since we seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to what our confession. He is the Christ." We're Christians. And our confession is our faith, what we believe. Right? God says, because you know that you have such great high priest, who is able to fulfill and confirm everything that comes out of your mouth, hold fast, just like he said, hold fast to what you have so no one takes your crown. Hold fast to your confession. I would have expected him to say, well, hold fast to the the, the things you believe. No, he said, your confession. Hold fast to it. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony to what you have seen. What you know, what you believe. Confession means to affirm what you know and believe. In court, they ask you to testify not to something you haven't experienced or something you don't know. They ask you to testify to what you know. Jesus is asking you, hold fast to your confession, what you know. Don't change it. Even in the presence of contradictory evidence. Don't change what you believe. Because Satan is always trying to pressure you to change your confession. That's why I said Christians have two confessions. Two different confessions. One, they believe that the word of God is true. But they immediately put but. And then they go somewhere else. So, you have two confessions. You believe that God is able to meet all of your needs, but then you have something else. So, there are two things that we have to work on. One is what you know from your senses. What your senses and these five senses are telling you. And then, on the other side, what God is saying. And most of the time, they don't agree. What you are feeling and what you are experiencing, for the most part as human, they contradict what God says. But we are humans, And we are more comfortable saying what we feel. We are more comfortable saying the evidence of our senses. What we can see and what we can feel. But faith is not that way. We walk by faith and not by how you feel. And so Christ is telling us here, the Bible is telling us here in Hebrews, hold fast to your confession without wavering. It tells us that in Proverbs chapter I mean in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23, he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering." So even when Satan is pressuring you to tell you, you're done. It's not going to work. You're going to die. You're sick. Whatever it is that he's telling you, you can't make it. Your life is twisted. You can't really be a Christian. Whatever he's telling you. you want, there's that pressure in you to say that. To tell somebody. To call somebody. To tell them about the negative things that you're feeling. But they contradict what God says about you. And God's saying, don't let that pressure, let these things come out of your mouth. Hold fast to the confession of what you believe. What you say you believe. Stay with that. Even in the presence of contradictory evidence. Every time you say from your mouth what you really feel. If you contradict the word of God, that means you have denied the word of God and you are testifying to what you believe. That's the truth. Every time you speak boldly what you think, but what you think is, up, is in opposition to God's word, that means in your mind you don't you know what the word says, but you deny what the word says, and you are taking side with what you feel. And once that takes place, the word of God loses power in that situation that's coming out of your mouth, it cannot work anymore. Notice what the woman that had the issue of blood. What did he say about her? She said to herself, If I may but what? Yes. But it's important. Why did the Bible have to tell us that? Why did it tell us he went? she went and touched the hem of his garment? But she, the Bible was clear to let us know that she said to herself, in other words, she was speaking to herself, going against the evidence for 12 years, this woman had been sick. But then she heard about Jesus, right? She's been with several doctors. She grew worse. There was hopelessness in her. But then she heard, the Bible says, she heard about Jesus and all the testimony. And we read the scriptures. We've we've seen people healed here and all of that. But, But then you see those things where we're thinking, well, maybe God has some favorites. Why God God doesn't do that for me? Well, God loves everybody equally. You just need to be just like that woman. But she said to herself, If I may but touch the hem of his... She determined how she was going to get well. And she said it to herself. And then she put some action into it. (laughs) Amen. When you have said it over and over again, your body will follow. She forgot that she had been bleeding for 12 years. Probably weak. But at this time, the words of her mouth gave her strength. And she pushed those guys away. Can you imagine trying to touch somebody in the midst of a multitude? Weak, sick woman. Somebody who's been sick for 12 years. Most of those stay at home resting and drinking uh, uh, soup, whatever. (laughs) But she went on. And God rewarded. When Jesus when she touched Jesus, immediately Jesus knew, stopped her. He said, Something's happened powerful here. And gave attention to that one woman for her healing. Because she said to herself, Let us hold fast, Hebrews ten twenty three. He says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. There is sense evidence and there is word evidence. One is faith, the other one is fear. You hear it and you are afraid. We must always stick with what God says. And God will bless us. We'll continue on this message, but then these are four different areas that we must confess daily of, or often so that you can get stronger in your faith and then God can begin to do miraculous things in your life and show up with angels to deliver and to really show mercy upon your life. Four areas that Christians need to do this constantly. First, what God in Christ has done for us. There's a lot. Go and search for them. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Find out what God has done for us. For you in Christ. And begin to say those words. Many years ago, not too many. But I constantly said in, in, mess, in my message here. The Lord is my Shepherd, I shall not want. Over and over again. Even in the presence of contradictory evidence. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't know how. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're not going to obey you, king. We will listen to our God. Our God, they made that confession. Our God is able. Right? And God did. Right before the furnace. So first thing is what God in Christ has done for us. The second thing, what the Word of God and the Holy Spirit has done in us. For us, that's what Jesus did. But the, Holy, the Bible also tells us what the Word of God and the Holy Spirit has done in us. We have to recognize those things. That's the study the Studying of the Scriptures to find out the Bible is the will of God. Amen? And there's so much God has left us in His will. Testament means will. Find out from the t- God's will what is in there for you. So find out what the Holy Spirit and the Word of God has done in you. Christ for us, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit in us. We need to recognize that. The third thing, what we are In the Father's sight. How God sees us. What we are to the Father in Christ. If you see how God uh, sees you. The way you think of yourself will change. This low self-esteem. All of that will disappear. When you begin to say those things about. Say those things, talking about the things that the Father has said concerning you, who you are to Him. That makes you special. And you begin to recognize that. And the fourth thing is, what God is able and willing to do through you as a believer. You begin to say those things over and over again, over and over again. So holding on, holding fast to your confession constantly. There is wrong confession and there is right confession. Wrong confession is any confession or any word that comes out of your mouth that contradicts God's word is a wrong one. He raised us in heaven. It's almost like rebellion. When God says something, you say, yeah, I know what God says. And then you add the word but, uh, this is what I think. We don't want to know what you think. We want to know what God says. Amen. And let the devil know what God says. Let everybody around you know what God says. Continue with God's word and hold fast to it. And God will fulfill his word because he watches over his word to perform it. Amen. That's the message for today till next Sunday. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. If you said that uh, prayer and you shook hands... Telling everybody you are a Christian. If you're doing it for the first time, I want to know that, and I think God wants to know too. The part here, it says, uh, there's a portion of this uh, connection card that says, My decision today, let me know what you did. I usually take those things with me and I pray. I want to pray for you. If you've done that, you are a Christian, but you need to let God begin to disciple you or to teach you to help you know some of these things i'm talking about here so that you can be strong in your faith and in your work with god amen so put this in your offering we're going to be receiving our offering today but also i want to let you know if you're sick in the body please don't stay back i don't care if it's just we have this attitude okay <laughs> it's like i'm not going to go up for prayer it's just headache well, you may take ten an hour and you may feel better. But what about the source of that problem? You can come in and God will both take the headache off and remove the source of that headache so you don't have to deal with it anymore. Because that could be something that could kill somebody in the future. Amen. Small groups form, please. remember to put that in the offering buckets, as well as the connection card. Please, if you have a prayer request, please write your prayer needs. I usually tell Pastor uh, Preston, he types this out, and uh, I take this uh, those prayer requests with me, presenting it before God. Um, these days, I'm trying, I come in the morning, about 6, pray with my brothers, and when